While you're standing, just turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter 12. It's very familiar, but I feel like the Spirit of the Lord has laid something in my heart tonight for this church. Give honor to all of the ministry of this church. I'm so excited about our 90th anniversary week in November. I'm looking forward to that so very much. I can't wait to celebrate that. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. Because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. When he had apprehended him, he put him in prison, delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer, everybody say prayer. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth that same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains. Keepers before the door kept the prison. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what condition you're in. If God wants to get in, God will get in. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Verse 12, when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. I want to preach to this church for the next little while. From this thought, I am convinced. I am convinced. Come on, I want you to say that. I am, whoo, God, I feel the Holy Ghost already. Say it again. I am convinced. Now, why don't you clap your hands and lift your voice and believe God for something big here tonight. No, come on, I mean really believe him right now. I'm telling you something supernatural is getting ready to break out in this place. I know you've been through a couple weeks of miracle signs and wonders, but I'm telling you, God is about to do something great among us in this place tonight. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Hallelujah. You can be seated. I want to start my message by saying that I'm so proud to know this great truth. I'm glad that this glorious gospel 
came shining into my life one day. I was walking in the prayer room a while ago, and I don't know why. You know me. I'm a little random every now and then. And I was thinking about when I received the Holy Ghost. Now, I was 15 years old, and I'm 29 now. God forgive me. I just turned 63 years old. Brother Kevin, that's a long time to have the Holy Ghost. But I want somebody to hear me right now. I'm glad that God got a hold of my heart and mind and caused me to think about what was really important. There are a lot of people who know that Jesus is a historical figure. But not a lot of people really know him. And I'm glad to rise on this Sunday night to tell you, I'm glad I really know him. Ah, hallelujah. I believe this thing. I believe we have the truth. I believe this apostolic truth is the way. I believe it all. I'm convinced of it all. I'm convinced that we must have faith in the Lord. I'm convinced that we must repent, confess, and make a complete change in our lives. I'm convinced that there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And I am convinced that name is Jesus. I'm convinced he is the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the ending. He's the first and the last. He is the everlasting Father. I'm not talking about Jehovah Junior. I'm talking about Jesus. He is the Redeemer. I'm convinced He is the Holy One. I'm convinced He is the All-Knowing One. He is the Never-Changing One. He is the Almighty. Oh, somebody needs to get convinced with me a little bit tonight. I'm glad I know who Jesus is is I'm convinced that Jesus is the Jehovah Savior I said I'm convinced there's none other like Jesus he said all you do in word or in deed do it in the name. Somebody shout that name. In the name of Jesus. He said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I'm telling you tonight, 
I'm glad I've been buried with him in baptism. I'm glad when that man of God put me under the water, he said, I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I'm glad that I've been baptized in the name of Jesus. And I am convinced it's the only way you're going to make it to heaven. Uh, You might as well help me a little bit. I already know I don't have to go out to eat tonight. Sister St. Clair made me some bologna salad. Come on, somebody. So we just take our time here a minute. Uh, I don't know when I'll run out of juice, but until I do, I'm convinced of the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm convinced of the spirit of the one true God living inside of me. I'm convinced that he's comforting me. I'm convinced that he's strengthening me. He's guiding me. He is the spirit of peace. He is the spirit of sanity. He is the spirit of comfort. He is the spirit of wisdom. He is the spirit of godliness. And let me tell you, church, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you need it more than you need your next meal. I'm convinced. Not only that, but I'm convinced of the miracle working power of God. I'm convinced that God can heal any sickness. Ah. I'm convinced that God can heal any disease. I'm convinced that God can deliver any drug addict. Oh, I wish somebody would help me preach right now. I said, there's not a drug addict so hooked that God can't deliver them. There's not a prostitute so filthy that God can't clean her up. There's not a son or daughter that's so lost that God can't find them and save them and sanctify them. There's not a family so dysfunctional that God can't straighten it out. The God that I serve, I'm convinced He's a miracle worker. Come on, somebody. I wish you'd shout it. He's my miracle worker. Come on, somebody believe him. Somebody tell the devil, I'm convinced. Somebody tell hell, I'm convinced. 
to go out and heal in his name and to cast out devils in his name. They didn't ask questions. They just did it. When they went out teaching and preaching the gospel, they saw God do unexplainable things and they just accepted it. But I've come to tell somebody, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and for. I'm convinced that if he healed a blind man back then, he'll still heal a blind man today. I'm convinced if he delivered the maniac back then, he could still deliver one today. Come on, somebody. I'm convinced that if he can touch the cripple back then, he'll touch the cripple today. Somebody just has to get convinced. You can sit if you want to. That's not a command. If he ever was powerful, He still is powerful. If he ever could heal the sick, he still can heal the sick. If he ever could work out situations, he still can work out situations. If he ever did one single miracle, he can still do miracles today. Watch. If we could just accept that, we would see God move. If we would just accept it, we would see God change lives. There's an old song that says, There is no telling what God can do if you'll only believe. There is no telling what God can do If you'll only believe. I'm trying to help somebody right now. You've been up against a wall. You can't see your way out. You don't know what to do. The doctors have tried to guide you. The lawyers have tried to help you. The counselors has tried to help you and you're not any better. But let me tell you about Jesus. I'm convinced there's nothing going on in your life right now that he can't take care of. Sit down, let me breathe a minute. If there's a weakness in our churches today, it's that we don't really believe it. We prayed prayers, 
and expected to stay the same. We've asked for things and never expected to receive them. I know there are needs you've been praying about for years. I know there's lost family members that you've asked to come to church. I know there are situations in your life right now that have you puzzled and you've asked God to work it out. But how much, how much have you expected that God was really going to do it? I know that question hurts. But God wants to make a difference in your life tonight. This thing's getting ready to blow up. I'm telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost. How much have you expected that God was really going to do it? Now I want you to write this down. Put it in your brain. Burn it in your spirit. I want you to get this right now. There is power in the level of your expectation. Let me say it again. There is power in the level of your, not mine, your expectation. I rise on this Sunday night to tell somebody if you'll turn your faith loose and when you ask, expect. I said don't hope, don't wonder, don't wish, but when you ask, I want you to start looking for it. I want you to start looking. It's it's, it's about to happen. I'm convinced. I want you to say it with me. There is power in the level of my expectation. Watch this. You can sit. I'm trying to hurry. Jesus returned home. He went home to a little town of Nazareth where he had been brought up. You can read about it in Mark chapter 6. It didn't go real well. When Jesus got there, he went to the synagogue and began to teach. There, they were really wowed by it. They knew something strange was going on here. It wasn't what they expected. It certainly wasn't what they'd ever thought possible. And it sure did make them uncomfortable. Watch me here. It challenged the boundaries of the world in which they lived. Now I'm just going to take a a little aside here for just a minute and I'll get back to my story. I wonder what's going to happen when we get convinced enough to walk into Walmart and take somebody by the hand in a wheelchair and begin to pray a prayer of faith and get them up out of that wheelchair and walk them to the parking lot pushing that wheelchair. Come on. You say, oh, I don't know about that. I'm convinced. I said, I'm convinced. Brother Michael, 
I don't want you just feeding those folks on Saturday. I want you praying the prayer of faith over them and asking God to deliver them and to heal them and to save. My God, I'm telling you, it's time we, under, Pastor said it tonight, we cannot keep this in the four walls of this church and have revival. God wants us to be convinced enough to take it to the world. Now back to my story. You can hear it in the words they spoke. How they wanted to keep the supernatural in its place. You're not going to help me now. It was the same place where his brothers and sisters grew up. Watch now. They say things like, wait a minute. Just, just, just wait a minute. We, we watched him grow up. And you can hear it in the words. Is not this the carpenter's son? Doesn't his mother still live here? And they were so upset that they named the names of every one of them and said, they're still here. They never went anywhere. Who does he think he is? Right, what right does he have to display such knowledge and wisdom and power? I got a word for this church right now. You see that man sitting right there? I don't care if he did grow up in this church. I don't care if some of you didn't know him as Lukey. I don't care if some of you know stories about him that I don't want to know. But what I do care about is this. He's not that same boy that grew up among you. God has mightily anointed him to lead this church into supernatural revival and outpouring. You need to get over that and walk into that place of being convinced this is that that God wants to pour out in this place come on somebody praise him you can sit I'm, I'm just sitting in my notes but I've sat where he's sitting. I have. I've, 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 I've made some folks upset with me. Because when I left Anderson and came back to Anderson, I wasn't the same guy that left when I came back. Listen to me now. I, I, I want you to get this. Because we've got to get past all of this stereotyping stuff and trying to box God in and trying to 
control the supernatural. Listen, we're waiting for some high-powered evangelist to come through and preach us into revival. Listen, you heard some of the greatest preaching on earth in the last couple of weeks, uh, and God's trying to move us into a place uh, at FPC that we've never been before. But somebody's got to get convinced enough to believe and let it happen. Watch this. Jesus looks at him. Man, he's really about to tick him off. Upset. With those folks, he, he said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own local church. He made them so mad, they were his homies. People that watched him grow. People that lived down the street. They were people that taught him in school. They were the ones that gave him candy bars and lemonade. And they were so comfortable with the way they'd always known him. They just couldn't let let go and believe for anything more. But watch what he said. I can be so much more than you ever thought possible. Watch this. I can do so much more than you ever imagined if you would just let me. But the Bible said he couldn't do it and he had to leave town. Watch now. They wouldn't allow him to operate and he left and that's a tragedy but a greater tragedy than that is the Bible said he could not do many mighty works there and he only healed a few folk he wanted to do more but that's all he could do was to heal a few sick folks Listen, I know we've celebrated, and well, we should. I'm telling you that the miraculous should always be celebrated. But I come on this Sunday night to tell First Pentecostal Church that you ain't seen nothing yet. When you begin to take the restraint off of your faith... And you begin to become convinced uh, that just a little diabetes healing or a little crippled leg healing is all that God's going to do. And God's going to do greater than that. They're going to stagger in the back door and they're not going to know what to do. And they're going to stagger down to an altar and they're going to throw their hands up in the air and God's going to deliver them instantaneously. God help me. I'm telling you, when we start getting convinced there's nothing that God Cannot do. Watch this. You can be seated. God forbid. But it didn't stop him. Watch me here. He went on down the road about five miles to a town called Capernaum. 
He walked into town, started preaching and teaching. And all the folks gathered around and said, wow, we ain't never seen anything like this in all of our lives. They got excited about it. They were seeing things they'd never seen before. But I never read anywhere, Pastor, where they said, now, isn't this that boy from up the road? Isn't that the boy from Nazareth? All I heard him say was, wow, awesome, incredible. He can do it all. <laughs> Watch now. The Bible said that when the sun was going down, they brought every, not just one, but every sick person they could. Every demon-possessed person they could. Every depressed person they could. Every person that was having family problems, they could. Come on. They brought them all to Jesus that same Jesus put his hands on every one of them and the Bible said that he healed every one of them. Do you hear what I'm telling you? When you bring them, God will heal them. When you go get them, God will save them. Wait now. Wait now. You know what? We got some great ministry in this church. They don't get to preach as often as they want to. Would like to. I know that pastor endeavors to do what he can. But I want to tell you something. God's fixing to put their hands to work. Listen to me right now. Because you're going to get busy. I said you're going to get convinced. And you're going to take folks by the hand that maybe you don't even know it's a hand. Come on and go to the house of the Lord with me. I want to show you a God that's going to heal you. A God that's going to deliver you. A God that's going to save. Come on. See, some of, watch this. Watch this. This, this. this is what some of y'all look like back there. How would you like to preach to that? I tell you what. If you get convinced, won't nobody have to beg you to worship? Won't nobody have to beg you to smile? Won't, no, won't nobody have to beg you to take somebody by the hand and bring them to the house of the Lord? If you get convinced... And you drag their heart to the altar and they lift their hands at some of these preachers. Lay hands on them and pray for them because they're convinced God's going to give them a miracle and this church is going to explode. Watch this. You, you, you sit. You know what that means? Nobody went home sick that night. Nobody went home oppressed that night. Nobody went home with family problems that night. Nobody went home discouraged 
that night. Nobody went home with their life changed. Nobody went home without their life changed that night. I got to convince you tonight. It's not the will of God for anybody to come through those doors troubled, distressed, depressed, hurting. Do you hear me? Not one person needs to come in here that way and leave that way. My Jesus. Come on, somebody. I need to find some apostolic, some apostle-like folk in the house that'll say, Bishop, I believe it with you. I'm convinced. He's still a healer. He's still a savior. He's still a deliverer. He's still pouring out the Holy Ghost. I'm convinced. And if I'll get him here, God will do the rest. It was the most incredible night in Capernaum's history. And I've come to tell you, it was that same Jesus. That same Jesus that was in Nazareth was in Capernaum. The same power, the same potential, the same love, the same grace, the same mercy. Everything was the same except their expectations for him. I got to ask you. I'm about done. I'm, I'm, I'm about finished. God's getting ready to do the rest. But I got to ask you tonight. Have you come into this sanctuary tonight expecting this to be a little carpenter boy? Or have you come here expecting to see the miracle worker? Have you come to see the way maker? Have you come to see the deliverer? If you've come expecting God to move tonight, stand to your feet. Lift your hands and worship the Lord. I want you to ask God right now to remove every limitation from your mind. I'm convinced there's a miracle in this place tonight. I'm convinced there's a change waiting to happen in this place tonight. I pray the spirit of faith be loosed in this sanctuary right now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Come on. Come on, ask Him to loose your mind right now of every doubt, of every fear, of every bit of unbelief. Come on, I want you to ask him to convince you in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm convinced 
when I lay my hands on somebody, they're going to be healed. I'm convinced when I lay my hands on somebody, they're going to be delivered. Come on, church. Where are the apostolics tonight? Where are you? We need a move of God. This world needs a move of God. We've got to get convinced. Let, let, me, let me help some of you that are still back there in the cheap seats. Listen to me right here. An apostolic people in perilous times must have faith for the miraculous. We got to hope in the face of impossibility. We got to believe in the face of doubt. We got to be sure in the face of uncertainty. When things look like they're going to fail, we got to believe for victory. When things look like they're going to collapse, we got to believe for strength. Listen to me. Not many folk are doing that anymore. But we got to keep on believing for miraculous things to happen in our church and miraculous things to happen in our lives. The Bible said, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. We need to grab hold of the things that the Word says are for the church. We're going to do this again right now. I want you to lift your hands right now to the Lord. Come on. I want you to cast off doubt right now. God, I release you to touch me. God, to release supernatural faith in me right now. Come on, and when you begin to feel that, I want you to take somebody by the hand close to you and begin to pray for them right now. There's about to be something miraculous and supernatural that happens right now because you're convinced. You're convinced. You're convinced. Come on, church, that's it. I feel it about to break here right now. In the name of Jesus, sing it, Pastor. There is no telling what God will do. 